What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I'm Turner, and I'm in the studio with Rosie, and today we have a very special podcast. But Rosie, I want to say, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing well. <laughs> Good. Yeah. We took a week off. We had a lot going on, and uh, and I think this is only our second episode in the whole month of February. Yeah. So it's been a it's been a we've been pretty busy both of yeah. us. Yeah, we've got stuff going on. Yeah, our personal lives ramped up there for a while. Yeah. We're trying to weather that out and keep consistent on the podcast, and we we we've made promises to our listeners we will do that. Yeah, we're gonna do it. Yeah, Just, I'm I'm doing a master's program, and uh, you know That's stuff's right. going on. Yeah. And I and I mean not that it's just my fault, but I'm just saying we got stuff going on. I know we're getting busy. Yeah, that's right. And with this podcast, I think it, I think I have like four. Basically, this podcast isn't a job, but it's like a job a little bit. But it's like I've like I went from like no job to like four jobs. Yeah. So that's been kind of crazy. Yeah. But um, yeah. So, anyways, what do you know, man? Oh, hey, did you know that uh, uh, we 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 uh, developed a weapon? We, I mean, the we, United me States. And you? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, no, we... All-out war weapon? Yeah, the all-out war weapon. <laughs> um, so we invented a... Uh, the U.S. used a... Or I don't think they ever actually ever used it. Okay. But they developed a bomb that contained hibernating bats <laughs> with fire <laughs> attached to them. Fire? Hibernating bats? Yes. So they're like in a cocoon or something? And well, then listen they to emerge this. on listen, fire? Listen to this. <laughs> they were called bat bombs. It was invented by a Pennsylvania dentist <laughs> All right. who was friends with uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, who was uh, first lady at the time. Yeah. Listen to this. Uh, bat bombs were an experimental World War II weapon developed by the United States. The bomb consisted of a bomb-shaped casing uh-huh. with over a thousand compartments, each containing a hibernated, uh, hibernating Mexican free-tailed bat with a small-timed <laughs> incendiary bomb attached. Oh, my gosh. Dropped from a bomber at dawn, the casings would deploy a parachute in mid-flight and open to release the bats, which would then roost in eaves and attics in a 20 to 40-mile radius. Wow. The incendiaries would then start fires in inaccess- inaccessible places in the largely wood and paper construction of the Japanese cities that were being Wow. That were the weapons intended target. Well, now that you explained it, that's actually really smart. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bat bomb. <laughs> Isn't that? Yeah. Because they said, uh, uh, yeah, uh, most of the Japanese buildings are made out of paper, bamboo, and other highly flammable material. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes sense. You drop these bats and all of a sudden they wake up and they're like, whoa, we got to go find a hi- place to hide. hibernate. And yeah. then the fire would start and, and it's up high it's yeah, not gonna go be up down. in the top of the so houses yeah yeah so the you catch the stuff. roof on fire they just burn them man that's crazy yeah that's crazy that's a good did you know i like that one yeah man that's cool so uh let's talk about our podcast episode today because we're going to get into that in just a second um, okay. we have a special guest her name is jessica smith and she is a yoga meditation reiki um expert and she has an amazing testimony. Mm-hmm. And I just want to give a disclaimer before we start because we experienced something that we have never experienced before in all of our episodes of the podcast, which were in like the 70s now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was the most technical difficulties we've ever experienced. Like, we, we sometimes, like, we obviously we've left in the podcast because we don't really edit them. Right. So you guys can hear when, like, 
all of a sudden someone goes in and out for like a minute. Yeah. And then we'll stop and go, hey, hey, uh, can you just repeat that? Like you drop the call call dropped a little bit. It was a little yeah. wonky. Yeah. Um, and then we just, you know, just release, you know, with that and that. But this took like 30 minutes. We tried so many different things to do. Yeah. Like tons of different yeah. things. And we would get one that was working. And then it would just stop as soon as, so, you know, we'd sit there like, okay, can you hear us? Okay. Uh, it works good. Everyone's talking. It sounds good. And then as soon as we get back into what we're going to talk about in the podcast, this goes to crap. Yeah. As soon as we go hit record, things would just go weird. Yeah. And, uh, so here's my, here's what I'm suggesting right now. You need to hear this. Yes. Not you, Rosie, whoever is within the earshot of this podcast right now, you need to hear this and somebody needs to hear this information about yoga it's gonna this potentially could set someone free from spiritual bondage that they don't even realize they're in spiritual bondage mm -hmm. and so i just want to say that i i sense that it's a spiritual it was a spiritual attack and so we're gonna say hey let's push back even harder yeah. share this with somebody let them hear this this amazing testimony this story and let them uh be set free in mm -hmm. the name of jesus right yeah sure yeah, yeah. So uh, with that, I would say sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I am Turner, and I'm in the studio with Rosie. What's up, Rosie? Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> we have a special guest on the line with us today. We're going to be talking with Jessica Smith. She's the author of a book called The Shattering, and she is uh, what I would consider someone who is very experienced in yoga and um, some of the areas of New Age, and she has a wonderful website called the truth or truthbehindyoga.com and i want to welcome on the podcast jessica jessica how are you today i'm really good thanks turner thanks so much for having me on it's an honor to be here oh man well it took a little bit but we finally got you <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it yeah so for our listeners uh, we back in november we started a series called new age november it was kind of we kind of tagged it new age new november and we had a whole series of topics we were going through and uh, we touched on some of the things that we're going to talk about a little bit with with you tonight today. Um, and one of those things is I'm just going to start off with the real the real basic with yoga. And you have a lot of experience with yoga. You you uh, were you know you studied it. You were an instructor. Um, and so I wanted to just ask you to share with us a little bit about your journey, kind of how you how you ended up where you are today, if you don't mind. Sure. Um... I'll do the nutshell version. <laughs> um, uh, basically, yeah, I, I grew up um, in a, uh, I'd say, half Christian home. My mom was Christian. Um, my dad was uh, questionable. Um, and I, I loved Jesus as a child. I, I gave my heart to him when I was younger. I loved um, praying. I loved reading my Bible. Um, and as, as I grew older, uh, long story short, 
uh, popularity is really what it all boils down to. I wanted to feel cool and everything that comes along with that, you know, partying and, and basically just slippery slopes away from the Lord, um, and, and into rebellion. Um, and, uh, it was, uh, just after high school, one of my good friends was in a drunk driving accident, motorcycle accident. She was mm-hmm. killed. And um, in the midst of my rebellion, it really made me force, it forced me to, to think about, okay, what do I believe? Because I didn't know where she was. You know, do, do I believe mm-hmm. the Bible or, or don't I? Is there a chance that she could be in this place called hell? I didn't know she was, I didn't know what her beliefs were. I didn't know if she'd ever um, put her trust in Jesus. I just didn't know. And I was just in turmoil, you know, I just, just for days, I just cried. I, I, where is she, you know, praying? Where is she? Um, and I just had this overwhelming, this weird thought, persistent thought, call your relative, this particular relative um, of mine, who at the time I didn't know uh, very well at all. They lived out of state. Um, and it was just this persistent thought. And so I finally, I, I didn't feel like talking to anybody at the time. So it was really weird that I, uh, that I listened to this persistent thought. But I finally did. I picked up the phone, got the phone number, and called. And I did not know that my relative was a psychic and was mm. involved in mediumship. And um, so I just you know, they answered the phone, and I said, you know, just crying. It was kind of weird. I was just like, it's Jessica. I, my friend just passed away, and I don't even know why I'm calling you, but I just want to know where she is. Like, <laughs> a mm. weird thing to say. But... Um, she immediately just calmed me and said, you know, I just want to let you know that your, your friend, oh, first she asked me what my friend's name was and I told her and she said, I just want to let you know that your friend is here with me now and she wants to know if you have anything to ask her. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, now I know that was not my friend at all, but at the <laughs> time, um, at the time I really wanted to believe it. And also what happened um, that really convinced me that this was true a true experience is as soon as she started talking, as soon as she said that my friend was there with her right then, this energy just, it's the best way I can explain it. It's just like this, like, uh, there's like a physical energy of like peace and euphoria, like shot Mm. through the bottom of my feet and just like, like just shot through my body in waves. And I can't really explain it in words. Like a lot of, you know, like, esoteric spiritual experiences it's hard to explain in words but um i just thought oh my goodness you know here i've been you know praying to god for days you know what is truth where is my friend Mm -hmm. and then here i'm having this experience that feels like love and you know i know that god is love the bible says god is love so this feels like love it must be god you know never mind that i was going out Side of what God tells us in order to seek answers. I, I was mm. I was disobeying His instruction. You know His 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 word to us. His Bible is a guidebook to keep us safe. And I wasn't thinking about that. You know, I knew that the Bible repeatedly warned against spiritist mediums speaking to the dead. But at the time, I just thought, well, that must be because it's not really real. But here I am having this experience that feels like it feels very real and it feels like love. And again, of course, if I would have looked into the Bible, I would, I would realize that it's not because they're not real. It's because the Bible says clearly they are real. These are real things. 
it's very deceptive. You know, the Bible says that all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, you know, Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 is very explicit about the fact that, you know, we're in a battle, not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities and the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. And what I was experiencing that day was these powers masking as light. And Mm. I had a choice at that time, um, you know, after I got off the phone, which I proceeded to have a conversation with this spirit, um, the demonic spirit posing as my friend, who gave me very real um, facts about my friend's death that my relative could have not possibly known. So that also validated, oh, this must be real because they're giving me real facts. Not, not true. Didn't, I mean, it real in the sense that it was uh, very spiritual, but not on the side of the Lord, very demonic, mm-hmm. um, gave me other pieces of information about um, reincarnation, just all sorts of things contradictory to the Bible that um, I just ate it up, you know, because of the feelings of, of love and peace that I was convinced was from God. And I, I got off the phone and I had a choice to make at that moment. Do I believe my feelings? Do I trust this experience? Or do I believe what I know the Bible says? Don't go there. Don't mess with that stuff. Yeah. And I chose to believe my experience and my feelings. And that's really what sent me on a trajectory of all things new age. It just opened up this whole metaphysical uh, section of the bookstore, if you will. Well, <laughs> well, you know, all of these things that seemed like secret wisdom. So, uh, so I, my question is, was this spirit speaking through a person or was it speaking to you in meditation or how, how were you receiving this message? Sure. So at this time, this was um, being spoken to me through my relative. So my relative was saying, okay, your friend who just passed away is here with me now. Um, what do you want to ask her? So I would ask my relative over the phone questions and then my relative would say, okay, your friend says this. Wow. That's so crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it seemed very convincing because of the details and because of the physical energy that felt like peace and love, you know, um, kind of waving through my body. I have a question. So did that feeling or that energy, did that, did that just, was that just a, uh, initial, uh, like when you got on the phone with, uh, your relative, was it just like that one time or did it linger throughout the whole conversation? Did it leave? Did it come back? And you said it came kind of like in waves. So was that the whole time? Yeah, it was, it was there the whole time. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like these like waves of euphoria is the best way I can explain it. Like, like, just like, like waves of like what felt like peace and love. It was like this palpable energy. And that's a really good question. Um, it was there the whole time. And then when I got off the phone, it started subsiding, um, relatively quickly. One thing that I, um, another, another thing is, is, uh, and I got off the phone and I thought, oh, I want to learn how I can do that. Um, you know, how I can help people, you know, quote unquote, the way I mm-hmm. felt that my relative had helped me. I want to learn how I could become mm-hmm. a receiver of the spiritual realm, how I could communicate with them as well. And also to tap back into that feeling uh, and that energy. I just thought like, gosh, is there any way to get that back? And what I almost like a drug in retrospect, um, yeah, and yeah. the really interesting thing is, as I deepened my meditation practice, 
um, throughout the years, I did start tapping into versions of that same energy as I went into deep, deeply into meditation. Um, I, I did tap back into versions of that. Hmm. I guess this is kind of an odd question. Uh, so if there, if you don't have an answer, that's totally okay. Well, well, I love said, odd questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said you tapped into like versions of it. Um, and maybe uh -huh. we can go into this deeper, but was it, I don't want to say like, I know there's a term, uh, this might sound totally out of left field, but, um, I know that they call it like chasing the dragon, like going after that same initial, um, if you thought, I was going to say, I know, um, drug addicts use this term as like the first time that they experience, uh, like the at the getting like high the for the high. first time mm -hmm. that they they always say like they go back um and continuously try to get the same feeling as that initial high and they never are able to get it and so when you it just kind of struck me as kind of uh interesting when you said you you chant you got back into similar feelings of that uh euphoric feeling did it ever um reach the same level i don't want to say like level no, sure, of peace or was it ever exactly the same or was it different um that you reached through meditation like was it exactly the same was it different was it more powerful at times was it less uh, uh, no that's a, that's a great question um no just just different not not the same intensity as that initial time okay wow yeah so you that initial so what happened was is it piqued your interest into really you wanted to know more and have that experience and be and mm -hmm. and you actually had a what I I mean you had a great intention you wanted to help other people mm -hmm. and I guess you're saying that you felt like you had found the answer you were looking for right Man. yeah yeah I felt like um, you know I'd been searching for answers and um, this must be it because it, it felt like love mm -hmm. even yeah. though it was completely contradictory to the word of god mm -hmm. so how did you go from there into like what is the journey you said you started getting into like deep meditation was that uh initial like the initially diving right into the meditation or was there some searching as to uh like mm -hmm. I, I don't want to say like did you reach uh kind of trying out different kinds of stuff? Like, did you try Zen Buddhism and then found that their stuff wasn't quite like that? So you looked for something else and you tried yoga and then you tried uh, different mm -hmm. types of meditation? Or did you try a little bit of everything sure. until you found what worked? Or like, what was that journey like after the phone call, the decision that you wanted to chase it, and then ultimately uh, into the practice that you did? Yeah, great question. Um, so, um, at first my interest was just, okay, how can I do that? How can I tap into the spiritual realm? How can I communicate with spirit? And, um, you know, I, uh, spoke with my relative, uh, and they told me that, you know, the first thing that you need to, and, and, you know, lots of, um, metaphysical and new age books will tell you this too. The first thing that you need to do is in order to be a receiver of the spiritual realm is to, um, is to start and develop a meditation practice. Mm -hmm. Now this is really, really interesting. Um, 
if I can go on a little rabbit trail here, because <laughs> um, um, mindfulness meditation is hugely, hugely popularized right mm-hmm. now. It is in our schools under all sorts of names. It is just, it is everywhere. It, it, if you have kids in public schools, I would I would bet the chances are very, very high that there is some sort of mindfulness education program at the school, not under the name of mindfulness, um, of course. They, they mask it into all these little programs, you know, Go Noodle and, you know, different things that sound really fun and, um, and totally, like, void of any sort of spirituality at all. And then they slip it in, mm-hmm. these mindfulness practices. But I will tell you one thing, guys, beware because – these um, mindfulness meditation practices, anything that is a type of meditation that is focused on the breath. Oh, just notice your breath. How does that make you feel? Just, you know, just think about the way that your breath is, is breathing. Anything like that. Any of those little things that like sound super harmless, like, oh, I'm just focusing. That's mm-hmm. totally fine. It is not totally fine. I'm telling you, these are the beginning steps of the same type of meditation that I was told in order to become a receiver of the spiritual realm. Now, as Christians, we know that all things spiritual are not good. All things spiritual are not on the side of the Lord. There are two sides. There's the Lord's side and there's demonic, there's Satan's side. Mm -hmm. So we can test, we need to be really, really diligent in testing things. Okay, the Bible says there's a meditation. So is this type of meditation biblical or is this on Satan's side? And Satan's really, really crafty. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he is really good at confusing things and making things look good and confusing them. Oh, isn't that confusing? He's using the same exact term, meditation. That's in the Bible. This must be totally fine. Hmm. Wrong. It is not totally fine at all. Mindfulness is a huge, huge, huge path that Satan is using to steer people further away from him or from, from the Lord. And paths take you places, guys. And um, and they, it sure did me. And it, it is to anybody who starts to practice mindfulness meditation. You know, you asked me about that, that feeling, you know, that feeling of euphoria. That's what um, meditation, it starts out, and, and same thing with yoga, and we can get there in a little bit too, but it starts out as like, oh, you know, at first, honestly, like meditation is just a little bit frustrating for a lot of us as we start <laughs> out like, oh, I don't see what the point of this is. I'm just focusing on my breath, blah, blah, blah. But um, if you keep going after a while, you'll start to feel, and here we go, back to the feelings, right? Feel peaceful at the end of it. Like, oh, okay, that felt peaceful. And then it's a path, so it's taking you somewhere. You keep practicing, keep practicing. It gets a little bit deeper. Oh, I feel deepened, deepened, deepened feelings of peace is where it starts. Then starts going into um, as, as meditation practice deepens and deepens and deepens and those feelings of peace and oh, seemingly clarity start to deepen and deepen, which is all manipulations from the spiritual realm. I will tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is, um, and then it starts deepening into esoteric experiences and, oh, you know, isn't this, aren't I special because I'm having this deep spiritual experience these visions like wow i didn't know any of this was out here same thing that got eve in the garden right like oh if you just do this then you will have you know you'll you'll know these secret things that you know god doesn't want you to know it's like the same satan's using the same tactics with mindfulness meditation and and um it's like 
it's just the same, the same thing that got Eve is getting so many with meditation and with the new age of like this secret knowledge. Mm. And there is no secret knowledge. Like all of this is manipulations from the spiritual, the demonic spiritual realm masking as light masking as feelings of peace. And that's why yoga is so, um, so dangerous too. And we can get there in a little bit, but yeah, I did a little bit, uh, to fully answer your question, <laughs> I did a little <laughs> bit of a lot of different types of meditation. Um, sure. yeah, started with, um, you know, just the, just the beginning focus on your breath, focus, you know, let go of thought. And then, um, I, just, I yeah, I did all sorts of different types. Um, uh, I did, uh, studied, um, certain types of meditation in South America, um, mm. I lived at a Buddhist center in Berkeley, uh, <laughs> ended up going to an ashram in India um, wow. and did my yoga teacher training there. A lot of different types. Well, I viewed all different types, all these different paths as, um, you know, all leading to the same, um, the same goal, if you will. Like all these paths in my mind were just going up to the truth, you know, different paths of truth. Sure. So I wanted to, um, you know, just, try out as many in my mind they all work together um so yeah that's to answer your so the, <laughs> your short question in a very long <laughs> so the, the pathway started with this whole mindfulness like where you basically open yourself up to you know being uh experiencing different levels of spiritual um you know enlightenment i guess or just experiences in general Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And the real slippery slope here um, is that intent is irrelevant. A lot of listeners might be um, listening to this thinking, oh, you know, I practice mindfulness meditation, but my intent wasn't like Jessica's, you know, my sure. intent wasn't to connect with the spiritual realm. One thing that I learned across varying traditions from Buddhism to um, yogic traditions to other traditions is that your intent is completely irrelevant. And that means mm. no matter what you want to get out of it, or if you think it quote works or doesn't work or whatever, you engaging in the practice will activate the spiritual realm, whether you intend it to or not. Mm -hmm. And that is true of mindfulness meditation. And that is true of yoga. And again, going back to, um, a lot of people will say, well, that, that's fine because I'm just going to plug Jesus into it, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, um, it's a spiritual practice, so um, this mindfulness meditation, I'll just focus on Jesus. Isn't that okay? And um, that is so not okay. Oh, <laughs> so a, many levels. That's a great, because that was going to be a question I wanted to bring up to you, is I see a lot of yoga happening in, like, like church groups and stuff and like um people would say well i'm not i'm not doing i'm not you know focusing on anything i'm focusing on jesus when i when i do my yoga and and it's hard to defend it's hard to come against someone that's you they're stretching they're focusing their thoughts on jesus as that is a bad thing it's just hard to convince them that you don't know what you're getting into how do you explain that to someone Okay, there's a lot of places I want to go with that, but the okay. first place, um, the first place 
I want to go with that. And this might come as a little bit of a shock, but bear with me, guys. And I'll explain <laughs> why this is applicable yeah. <laughs> as we go along. But um, why it's actually really, really applicable. Um, okay. If you are you guys familiar with a Ouija board? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Every, okay. if, if any of your listeners don't know what a Ouija board is, it's like uh, it's a game. Um, packaged as a harmless game, I think by Milton Bradley or something yeah, like that, exactly. that's sold in uh, you know stores all over the place as a harmless um, kid game or family game. Many of us who know what it is know that it's very much not harmless. It is a very real mode of connecting with the spiritual realm, the demonic spiritual realm. And what it is, it's a little um, game, um, a little board that has letters on it and a little plastic game piece. And the players or practitioners place their hand on the little plastic um, game piece and they, you know, ask a question. And the, the placing the fingers on the game piece activates the spiritual realm, whether the person intends it to or not. But the fact that they, you know, you can be a kid and not believing that it works or whatever, not even believing it, just thinking it's a silly, whatever you think about it, it really doesn't matter. When you place your fingers on it, it activates and invites and invokes the demonic spiritual realm, and you don't have any control over that. And it doesn't matter if you play worship music in the background, and it doesn't matter if you say, hey, Jesus, um, we want to ask you the questions through the Ouija board. Jesus is (laughs) not going to meet you in a Ouija board, and he's not going to meet you in a yoga session. And here is why. Um, Yoga is much like a Ouija board is its whole purpose, right? Its whole purpose is to communicate and commune with the spiritual realm, the demonic spiritual realm. And how do we know we can't plug Jesus into it? Because we can look at what a Ouija board is. We can look at what yoga is and we can compare it through the lens of scripture. Are they in alignment or are they um, antithetical. And that's really what we need to be doing, guys. It's, we cannot, especially in this day and age, you know, Satan is so deceptive. We cannot base our decisions on how we feel or what right. the doctor says yeah. even, or what the magazine says, or mm-hmm. what the, you know, doctor who and who on this show and show says. We have got to take everything to the Word of God. And what does the Word of God say? Because otherwise, we're outside of the Word of God, and we're, we're really just opening ourselves up, and Satan's having a heyday. And he's mm-hmm. doing it with mindfulness meditation, and he's doing it with the Ouija board, and he's doing it with yoga. So a lot of people don't know that um, yoga actually has its own, um, its own spiritual text. So we can look up, okay, does yoga, is it, can we, we can look and see what it is, and we can put it against scripture. And a lot of people I know who are listening right now are thinking, okay, but this, I don't do that part. So none of what Jessica says is really even applying to me because I don't do the spiritual part. I just do the poses. I'm going to tell you why that cannot be guys the same way as when you put your fingers on the game piece with the Ouija board that activates the spiritual realm. It's the same thing with yoga. When you put your body into the poses, it activates the spiritual realm in the same way. And this is not just my opinion. Listen to this. Mm. Um, I'm going to tell you a quote from, and, and yoga gurus know this. Anybody who knows the reality of yoga knows this, whether they're going to admit it or not. 
some do and some might not. I, I would say the majority of teachers in Western culture don't even have a clue what they're teaching. Mm-hmm. But anybody who knows the reality of, of, of yoga knows this is true. Listen to this, what this yoga guru says. This is, um, his name is Manju Joyi. He's talking about his father who was hugely instrumental and he's very famous, hugely instrumental in bringing yoga to the West. Hmm. Now he's talking about his dad um, and he says his philosophy is that yoga would take you automatically to the meditative state. You see, that's how it will draw you into the spiritual path. Listen to this. He Hmm. says, that's why he says the yoga asanas or the poses are important. Okay. Hmm. Listen guys, don't miss this part. He says the yoga poses are important. You just, do don't talk about the philosophy 99% practice and 1% philosophy that's what he taught now listen to this he (laughs) says you just I'm quoting here you just keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it then slowly it talking about the spiritual it will start opening up inside of you Hmm. he's saying you just do the poses and then slowly the spiritual will start opening up inside of you and Hmm. um Another really interesting thing is this, this is not if, if a yoga guru coming out and saying that is not quite enough. Um, I want to tell you another really interesting study that just um, that just recently came out um, a few years ago in the Journal of Health Psychology. And this is really telling. And I think you guys are going to find this really interesting. Hmm. Um, this is, is a totally secular study. Um, it was looking at why people start yoga and why they keep doing it over time. That's what they were interested in looking at. So mm-hmm. um, what it found was that most people, as we could probably guess, most people start yoga for exercise purposes. Most people weren't going into yoga, it found, saying, I want something deep and spiritual. Some people were, but most people start it because it's at their gym. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's for health purposes. Now listen to this, because this is very telling. Over 62% of students and 85% of teachers reported changing their primary reason for practicing over time. What did their reason change to? For both, the top reason was spirituality. Now, why is that important? Who cares? The reason why that's important, guys, is because you don't see that with running. You don't see it with pole jumping or swimming or riding horses or golf or any other activity that is not spiritual to the core. This study is saying the exact same thing that Manju Joyce was talking about. It's saying you start out and you just, just get them to do it. Doesn't matter why they're doing it, but over time they're going to start the spiritual is going to start opening up. And um, the last thing I want to, uh, well, I want to say, um, just along that, just in, in support of that is um, Candy Gunther Brown is um, just this brilliant professor of religious studies at Indiana University. She did her undergrad, master's, doctorate work at Harvard. Really, she's dedicated her um, a, a, a ton of her life to studying this type of stuff. And brilliant lady, she's written numerous works on it. Um, and she says that, um, and here's a quote. She says that Christians in particular, tend to think a person's intent determines whether something is religious. They don't realize that active participation can actually change someone's intent. And over time, um, and I'll take that a step further and say like intent is irrelevant, like, mm-hmm. like the, like Manju Joyce was just saying, but over time, listen to this, people who start off attracted to an alternative practice, like, like yoga, like mindfulness meditation, they start off 
um, attracted because there's a perceived health benefit. She says that she found in all of her studies that people start to embrace the religious ideas under these practices over time. So they start for one thing or for, for exercise and over time it shifts and it switches. Now, what are these, you know, what are these religious, um, what are these religious practices that are, you know, the ideas underneath? Well, we can get into that if you guys want to, but <laughs> I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that, that, that absolutely blows my mind. Cause I know some cursory stuff about yoga and I was going to say, uh, that that like my uh the extent of like the apologetics against it was that uh i mean i i i was going to say i think i said it we did like a podcast about this earlier and i had said you know basically uh that the you know some christian would say oh i'm just doing it cuz uh, downward dog like my uh physical therapist said you know that helps my back or something like that so that's that's really mind blowing to me that just doing the action, just the pose itself, still had. Uh, it, 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 there's absolutely no way that it can be uh, decoupled from the religious thing. That just blew my mind. And I was thinking of, um, since you brought up the the example of like the Ouija board, is that yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure. I think it was at the turn of the. Uh, the 20th century, the early 1900s when Milton Bradley came out with that, maybe, you know, plus or minus 20, 30 years or something like that. Uh, I know it's been around for a, a while, but th it seems like people, I, I, I guess I've seen sometimes I could just get into modes and I'll watch videos on YouTube of like people doing uh, crazy stuff or, you know, scary video compilations. And I've seen videos where people have made their own Ouija boards and they still mm -hmm. have stuff that happens. So I was going to say, like, even the the mode itself of, you know, if you didn't buy the licensed official, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, branded Ouija board and you just made a copy of it with like a piece of paper and a cup or something like that, as soon mm -hmm. as they like put their fingers to it and engage in the act, regardless of the instrument in this case uh it's it still is opening it up because you're doing the same thing it's a ouija board just not the official version of it and uh i don't know i was just thinking that it's it's like a it, doorknob yeah it it's just, just works dangerous yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. uh man that just I, I really appreciate that you brought that up that the uh the poses themselves actually bring people to it because i guess it's, it's like uh you could have all the intention if you're walking around knocking on a, a knocking on a front door looking for Jesus you're like hey i heard there's some spiritual entity at this house and someone told me Jesus is here so i'm just going to go ahead open open the door and even if mm -hmm. your intent is to find Jesus behind it it doesn't mean that he is there especially if, if he's said he's not going to be there right you yeah, know right if, mm -hmm. he, if you know that exactly. he doesn't he, there's no way that he could live in this house regardless of you trying to be pure and reach out to him, you open the door right. and it's, mm -hmm. you can't do anything. I just, I just yeah. really appreciated that you talked about that. That was mind blowing. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm well, going to be honest with yeah. you right here. I've never done yoga. I think I may have like attempted it one time, like one time, like <laughs> 25, 30 years ago or whatever. But, uh, so I'm not like that. I'm not in that realm of of health. Um, I'm I'm relatively healthy, but uh, <laughs> but uh, 
do does someone like when when you would practice yoga when you were doing your meditation you this is this would be the pathway that you would begin to have these experiences where you were feeling the warmth and the the spiritual experiences was through that right is that what you were saying sure that's one way yep absolutely yeah yoga was definitely one way and that's kind of what he was saying in that quote too like yoga takes you automatically to that meditative path right like yoga is movement meditation there's all sorts of um types of new age meditation um and that can be confusing we can do a whole other (laughs) we can do a whole other podcast on um you know the difference between biblical meditation and um and the deceptive meditation, but just in, in a nutshell, just for your listeners who, who are wondering, oh gosh, you know, how do, how do I know the difference? If you're interested, I did a full um, exhaustive study on my website of every time the word meditate comes up in the Bible. Hmm. Just so you guys can see, um, I put the Greek and the Hebrew and the context, just so yes. you guys can see um, at, at a glance what God means by meditate. And every single time it's focused thought, it's, um, so, so the difference would be, you know, with God's version of meditation, we're, we're reading his scripture and we're thinking about the meaning of it and we're applying it to our lives and we're, you know, looking up that, whoa, what is that word in Hebrew? What is that word in, in, in Greek? You know, can we get some more depth here? It's active thinking. Um, whereas Satan's version is, is focusing on one thing mm. and letting other thoughts go so even if it's the word jesus this is where it gets tricky this is where satan tries to you know confuse people but don't be confused it's not as confusing as he tries to make it out to be if even if it's the word jesus even if it's you know some feel good warm and fuzzy bible term like um faith or whatever it is if it's thinking about one word or um or even a verse. If it's just thinking about the words without the meaning, mm-hmm. that is not biblical meditation right. um, yeah. at all. I was going to say, uh, it, the way I heard, uh, like the, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I guess since I have you here and I'm going to ask, uh, like the thing I always heard about yoga was like, like, like what you said, the emptying of everything else in the focus. And that's why they start on the breath because you can, uh, focus on like a tangible thing and let every, you know, it, the, the goal is to empty, I, I guess at a deeper level, uh, as far as what I know from like the religious aspect is you're trying to uh, empty yourself so that you can like become, uh, I can't remember the term one with, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, the, the say like Christ consciousness, I know is like that, or like the yeah. global thing. And you're trying to lose the, personal your ego trying to yeah like your ego death yeah. and yeah. have all that right. kind of stuff yeah um and i was gonna say yeah. i i love that i think it i think it was paul that said you know we're supposed to think about the stuff let us come and reason together and god in no way tells us to uh like focus on nothing focus on uh like the the ohm which is a meaningless for you know it doesn't mean anything and you're focusing on something that's meaningless in order to stop using your brain and go to, uh, you know, a different level of consciousness. You don't want to exist in the, uh, this wavelength or, you know, however it's said, is that, is that accurate? Like you, you, the goal is to focus on stuff that ultimately becomes meaningless of what you're focusing on in order to just use it as a, an, an entry into what you're supposed to get to. Right. Well, yeah. And it's, it's, 
uh, you were searching for that term because it's called lots of different things depending yeah. on the tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like the divine consciousness. It's the, you know, it's, it's, it's all there's, we could go on and on about all the different right. names that it's called, but basically, um, a teacher, when I uh, explained it to me when I was um, living at the Buddhist center like this, like basically, um, you know, their idea is, um, we all came from this consciousness or, or whatever word you want to call it, right? We all came from God. We all were God, whatever you want to call that, mm-hmm. um, whatever tradition. And, um, and we all became separated. So it's like, think of it like this God consciousness and their perspective is, is like the ocean. And then we became like a raindrop and our whole goal is to soak back into the ocean to become hmm. God. And that's what yoga means. It actually means to yoke. And, hmm. um, we're often told in our society that that means to, you know, yoke together your body and your mind and your spirit. And doesn't that sound lovely? That is not true. That is not what it means. It means to yoke with this consciousness. Now this is to become one with in the sense that a raindrop becomes one with a mud puddle, like soaking in, you no longer exist. You are now God as you were supposed to be. Like we are not God guys. We, uh, (laughs) we, we never were and we never will be. And the Bible is very, very clear on that. And you mentioned, um, you mentioned Om, and you mentioned what a lot of people, what Satan wants you to think, is that Om um, doesn't have any meaning to it. That's what we're told, right? That's what we're told in classes that just say this, this mantra, just say this down because it doesn't have any meaning. That's not true either. The, I mentioned that yoga has its own, um, its own spiritual text. It reads as an outline for sorcery. It actually outlines what OM is. And OM actually is the sound and the symbol of OM is the symbol. OM is actually the sound and symbol representation for the pagan god of yoga. The Yoga Sutras say this specifically. This is what OM is. It says that chanting this will invoke this. um, And it names the pagan god. Um, Wow. Now, uh, yeah, right? Um, basically, the the whole purpose of yoga, like I mentioned, is to yoke with the spiritual mm-hmm. realm. And the, the yoga sutras, like, outline that that's the whole, the whole purpose, mm-hmm. um, is to yoke with that pagan god, that idea of that, of that pagan god. Now, we can see, um, well, if, if this is something that we can plug Jesus into, then, <clears throat> excuse me, then we will be able to take the text of yoga and plug, uh, you know, put it side by side with scripture and, and it should be able to stand up to scripture. It should right. be in alignment, right? Well, it, it clearly doesn't. And again, I'm going to reference my website because we could spend the rest of, yeah. the rest of the hour just going over that. And I don't ever get too much into the spiritual, pagan spiritual teachings, just because the Bible warns us guys in numerous places, Deuteronomy 1230, Romans 16, 19, the Lord warns us not to get too ensnared into looking into pagan teachings. And it serves a purpose, right? So we can look at it and we can um, see clearly, okay, this is clearly antithetical to the Bible, Mm -hmm. but he warns us not to become ensnared um, by, by, other teachers because it's supposed to be a trap, right? Satan's trying to make it look, and there's all sorts of good flowery things in there. And then he just 
flips in things mm-hmm. like um, like all sorts of things that are completely contradictory to the word of God. But he, but that's the way Satan does it. He flips it in among all sorts of other flowery language that sounds good. Right. So it's meant to be a trap. So, But what I did on my website, if you guys are interested, um, which I, I recommend if you are all interested, um, it's truthbyyoga.com. And there's um, a lot of the verses from the Yoga Sutras. And just um, I'd say side by side, but it's actually above and below. Um, just comparing. This is what the Yoga Sutras say. This is what the Bible says. This mm-hmm. is what the Yoga Sutras say. This is what the Bible says. And clearly, a time and time and time. Again, it is clearly antithetical. Mm. I, uh, Rosie, you were talking about, so uh, you, you were mentioning like, uh, filling our mind like paul says whatever's lovely whatever's pure fix your mind on these things you know think mm-hmm. think on these mm-hmm. things and uh he's literally giving a command in scripture for how a believer is to actually fill their mind up and what they're to be focused yeah. on and their what their meditation you know and you know even david said but the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you O lord and mm-hmm. um and I, what i was thinking about there was when when you empty out and you were talking about and in particular when you were talking about how satan has these flowery language or whatever you just have to go back to genesis and the very first lie that he spoke to eve you know with mm-hmm. adam and eve was it was a partial truth it wasn't an outright lie so there was it what did god really say and he kind of mm-hmm. twisted it just enough to where it sounded a lot like what he said but it what really wasn't and that's what it made me think of when you were talking about how you open this doorway and you start to receive spiritual you know you're getting spiritual signals and they're speaking something to you but they're not going to be speaking you know divine truth you know whole truth whatever you know what mm-hmm. comes straight from god it's going to be sound like truth it's going to feel like truth yeah you know and it's got this wrapping but when it really when you really look at it under a microscope you realize it isn't any of that at all yeah exactly the microscope with the lens of the word of god and that's the microscope we we need and and along that too one thing i was thinking about while you were just talking about eve in the garden you know is that eve saw i think it's genesis 3 6 when uh, Eve, Eve saw that the tree, the fruit of the tree was good mm-hmm. for food. That's what always gets me. It's like she she saw that it was good. In her eyes, it was good and desirable for gaining wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in First Timothy 4, 1, the Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and mm-hmm. follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Satan's not going to put up a big, you know, red neon sign playing (laughs) demonic music saying hey christians you know come invoke your demons this way because nobody's gonna do that well no christians are gonna do that you know but this verse in first timothy 4 1 is saying some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits that means these are christians he's talking about people who are abandoning the faith or people who are you know claiming to be christians or people who are you know uh, you know attempting to follow this path and they're following deceiving spirits. Well, deceiving means that they're deceiving. Like it's 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 a deception. It's sneaky. It's tricky. So we have got to be we've got to be diligent in in searching the word of God and being open to these things and not just saying like, "Oh, well, I like the way it makes me feel, so I'm going to do it anyway." Like, okay, let's seek God on this. Let's seek his scriptures on this because 
another thing that's really important is is not just like okay we've talked about how it, it affects us right like we know it affects us we, we have the the guru saying if you do it you know the spiritual will start opening up inside of you now a lot of us are like well okay like what does that look like like why mm-hmm. do we care well for a lot of you know it looks a lot of different ways the lord tells us you know we 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 reap what we sow <laughs> we're going to either reap spiritual blessings if we're sowing um acts that are actually biblical or we're going to be sowing really gnarly outcomes and they're going to manifest in ways that that's the tricky thing guys it's going to manifest in ways that you're not even going to connect it to it and that's mm-hmm. where that's what just breaks my heart because it it can be so many different things you know maybe your relationship is falling apart maybe there's an illness maybe you're just not as interested in reading your bible anymore maybe mm-hmm. you're just not as close with the lord anymore and it's slippery and you could say oh this is hogwash i've been doing yoga forever and i still get up and meet with the lord okay you can say that now, but I will guarantee you that if you continue on this path, your relationship with the Lord is going to suffer and you will also suffer in other ways. And, and it, it might be health. It might be, I, I don't know exactly what way it will manifest in your life, but I guarantee you it will. And even if you want to take all that aside, all of the way it affects you, there's one other thing that I think is really important to consider guys. And that is that, God calls us to what? He calls us to be his ambassadors yeah. for him. And he, he, he tells us in you know, 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 20, that, that we have an obligation to do our best not to misrepresent him. We, yeah, he calls us right. his ambassadors, right? So, so what is this? If, if we are doing this practice, we're putting our stamp of approval on it. And I want you to consider something. Like what if there's somebody not unlike myself or, you know, you know some who who is just searching for truth. You know, is it the Bible? Is it Jesus? Is it something? Is it something else? I don't know, but I'm searching. And I've, I've heard that yoga is spiritual. And, you know, this person who I know who is a strong Christian, they go to yoga classes. So surely there, there's not anything wrong with it spiritually, right? Or they wouldn't be going to it. Mm-hmm. And so they go to the yoga class and they think, oh, I love the way this makes me feel so peaceful afterwards. And so they keep going and they keep digging not to mention that this path is going to take them. You know, if they continue on it, the path is going to take them. It's, its purpose is to yoke with the demonic spiritual realm. It will take them away mm-hmm. from the Lord. I guarantee you. And 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 so now, by putting your stamp of approval on this, this person thinks that it's spiritually safe. It right. thinks it's in alignment with with the Bible. They don't know, and so they keep doing it. They dig in deeper. They keep following this path, and they, and oh, it, it will not take long before. They don't need, why, why would I go to church? I feel so peaceful um, after my yoga class. They're not going to make the connection that things are falling apart in their life as a result of this. They don't know that. Um, and it, it, it's so sneaky and it, it's so tricky. And, and another thing is, um, you know, God tells us in Romans 12, 1 to 3, he says, do not conform any longer to the yeah. pattern of this world, but be transformed formed by the renewing of your mind he says he says before that he says this is your spiritual act of worship guys so that right there just completely debunks all of (laughs) yoga for (laughs) jesus right does god tell us anywhere guys can you think of anywhere in the bible where god says you know what 
that pagan practice, because we know it's pagan practice, but it's got some good qualities. Why don't you redeem that one from just plug me into oh, that one? This was the that one. That one's good. Yeah, that that was no. the whole problem of the in the Old Testament. You know, come out from right. them. Don't don't partake in their practices. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The Lord knew exactly where it was going to lead them. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a question. That this might be. Um, I don't know. I, I guess all my questions are I always preface it by saying odd and you totally don't have to get into this. It's just my yeah. my brain constantly looks for stuff behind this because That's uh, great. Yeah. So I was gonna say if you have the the guys, you know, in Tibet or India or in, in the ashrams and the yogas, you know, the, the, the ones that are training all the people to come to the West. So I guess the people at the top, the people that are in the know that are doing it and like you read the quote, they're not they're not trying to hide it. They know exactly what they're doing and they're they're upfront with it. They're not, you know, if you go to their own words, they're like, yeah, this is exactly what it's about. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. um, do you think it's a deliberate thing? Uh, I don't want to say like a conspiracy, but I mean, it's a conspiracy from the devil. But I mean, in practice, do you think that there are people who know the actual spiritual thing behind it. Like with all the stuff that you, you just said, like you're that you were aware of that all of this stuff, do you think there's like a concerted effort to uh, convert people here in the West to this religion? Like, is it something subversive that they're um, like, I don't want to say that everyone's in an agreement to, Hey, we're just not going to tell, you know, these, silly americans about you know what they're getting into they you know they should look into it on their own if they come to us that's cool and we're not going to talk about it but do you think that there's something deeper that maybe satan's using these people to deceive in order to i guess convert people away or do you think it's um just if there is there any malice behind it from the people itself or is there uh just an ignorance or they don't really, I guess maybe they're not Christian anyway, so they don't, you know, they don't care about it. Um, sure. Does that make sense? Does that question? Yeah, make sense? it makes perfect sense. I okay. completely understand your question. Um, uh, yes. Yes. A hundred million times. Yes. Is there a, <laughs> wow. is there a, um, I guess you could use the, you use the word conspiracy. Is there a deliberate, is there a deliberate, um, movement to try to get the spiritual, like, knowing that it's a spiritual practice, yeah. getting people to do it who would otherwise be close to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, a hundred million times. Yes, is it malicious? I would say no. Now that that mm-hmm. doesn't seem uh, like it necessarily goes together, but here let me explain. Um, Oh my gosh, there's so many places I want to go. Um, yeah, there. So I'll just start with myself. So when I, and then I'll expand on why this is huge, why this is not just a conspiracy. Yes, this is a, there is a deliberate movement getting this into our schools. There is mm-hmm. a deliberate movement where I've seen websites whitewashed after getting this into schools when people say, oh, mm-hmm. look, your website says it's spiritual oh, then it's not there anymore. Right. It is a spiritual practice. And there's there's actually, that's a really good question. There's a book that has just, just come out 
um, by this woman, Jennifer Sedlock, who is um, awesome and awesome Christian standing for truth. Her children were um, down in the, um, in one of the, is it the Encinitas school district where that, I don't know if you guys remember that yoga trial a couple years back mm. um, where the yoga was coming into, into the schools and some of the parents, Jennifer Sedlock kind of spearheaded like, we're not okay with this. I'm a Christian. This is against my um, religion. My kids shouldn't have to do yoga. Um, I want them to do PE. Like yoga shouldn't be taking PE. Was this in in a public school? Yes. (sighs) Yes. Yoga is in public schools all over this country. Hmm. And you might not even know it. Your kids, it could be, your kids could be doing it and you don't even know. But, um, it, and it is just growing. There's, there are all sorts of nonprofit organizations that have huge, huge, huge funding that mm. um, are are pushing this. They're 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 giving. This is what happened in Encinitas, and it's what's happening. All I mean, do a Google search of yoga in schools, and you will see just a plethora of vomitous information mm. about all of this. Uh, exactly what you're talking about. Like there is a movement. There are multiple nonprofits with the whole purpose. It, of course, they have to mask the spiritual i mean they are now now that it's coming out in schools of like oh this is spiritual you said it was spiritual we know that it's spiritual and then they try to whitewash it like and backpedal and say oh did we say that no we're gonna call it this it's not really spiritual like it, it, but, but it is i mean it, it is to the core mm-hmm. we it's it, it, it all you have to do is just open your eyes and read or it, it's what it is yeah. um so so yeah there's all sorts of different um nonprofits, like I said, that are, that are moving there to push this into public schools. So they go in and they say, here, we'll give you this amount of money to, um, if we can come in and implement this yoga program. And of course, most school districts need money, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? right? So they'll take the money and they'll say, sure, you can do this trial yoga, um, yoga program in our school. And then they, they want to train the people to do and continue the yoga program after they leave. They are their purpose to just plant it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's what they do. And so Jennifer Sedlock, um, said, uh, you know, a couple of years ago when this happened in Encinitas in her, in her school kids school district, she said no. And she took it to, um, uh, to court. And, and then what happened in court was so disturbing, um, that she wrote a book about it. She, and I'm sure she has, um, uh, uh, I think Candy Gunther Brown, that religious professor who I referenced, she just recently came out with another book. You guys might want to write these down because if yeah. you're interested at all, yeah. uh, get these books because they go into a lot more details about this. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Candy Gunther Brown's book that she just came out with, it's called um, Debating Yoga and Mindfulness in Public Schools. Mm. She talks all about this. This answer, this is like huge. Um, it, it, it's a bit of it reads as a as a research like she's a professor right so she it's, it's written as a as a work as a as a study um right. it has all sorts hundreds and hundreds of pages of research showing how there is a deliberate movement to get yoga and mindfulness into public schools and it's deceptive mm. the mindfulness is to uh, is, is, is they call it self Buddhism. The guy who started trying to get that into the schools was. At this point in the podcast, we were running into some technical difficulties, and it's going to sound a little different. So we want to apologize for that, but just keep listening. 
Jessica, I just have one question for you. Is yoga big money? Yes, absolutely. I mean, from the classes to the clothing to the props, um, the mats, the, not to mention all of the big money behind these um, nonprofits that are pushing uh, the, the yoga into public schools all throughout this country. Yoga is huge, huge money. But I would say even beyond the money, the real uh, you know, the real motivation for this to be um, all over the place, even beyond the money, is is the it, it's demonic. It's Satan's tactic. It's Satan doesn't care about the money. You know, people do sure, but um, I'd say people people really think that they're helping, and that was what I fell into. You know, these aren't malicious people. I'd say most of the time, in the sense, sure they might be wiping their websites clean of it. They might be, you know, trying to hide the fact that it's spiritual when it really is, but they're not doing it. If you, if you can follow that, they're not doing it maliciously. Like for example, when I, what got me interested in yoga is, um, I was, uh, when I attended a class and experienced the, I, I dropped really quickly into meditation and I just thought, wow, what a great tool I could use in my tool belt to help reach people who would otherwise be closed off like mm -hmm. Christians, like people who would be closed to meditation practices. I mean, I thought like I, I specifically thought, you know, yoga is in gyms. So people will be more likely to come and attend. At least it will be a little crack in there that I can start introducing meditation to them. Now I wasn't malicious. I thought it's kind of like the, I want to help them because they don't know they need to be helped type of thing. You know, like mm -hmm. I thought, that it was a superior path to Christianity. You know, I thought that it was um, going to help these people. Um, and so that was, you know, that was the motivation. It's the same thing. Like these people think they really think yoga is going to help. Now that's why they'll, they'll use whatever means in order to do that. Now I'm sure there might be some people that, that they, you know, have different motivations than that, but I would say a lot of people, you know, they're, their hearts are in the right place. They're just completely misguided. And they're being used as tools by Satan. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was going to say, like, it, it, it makes sense um, in the same way that, like, uh, someone who has a true, like, like brand new uh, believers when they, um, you know, are first, uh, you know, get saved uh, they can get super on, you know, like on fire and they're, um, and I don't mean this to disparage anyone that's like that, but I just have people <laughs> in mind that, uh, it's just not my cup of tea and I necessarily wasn't this, but they're the ones that are, you know, telling everyone, um, immediately, you know, the, the cashier when they're checking out at Seven Eleven, you know, they're saying, Hey, uh, do you know Jesus and trying to get into a conversation and it's not, it's, it's a genuine thing because they, have this, um, you know, it, it's, they can't, you know, can they, it, this tr transformative thing that's, um, you know, so incredible in the feeling and they just want everyone to share, you know, just share it. Is it kind of that same way? Like when you felt, um, you know, that feeling and you're just like, I want, you know, this feeling is so good that everyone should be not ha like, it's not like a, we're going to force you to feel this way, but it's like everyone should know that this is available to them and there's so much peace and you just do it um, 
like with some sort of genuineness that other people may not be aware that this is even a thing that they could, um, you know, feel this peace and the serenity and all this stuff that comes with it. Like, is that kind of more of a fair thing that like uh, yoga evangelism maybe is like to try to <laughs> give them access to this tool or something like that? Um, kind of yes and no. I wouldn't really compare it to being on fire for the Lord. Um, just because, you know, like the Lord calls us to be on fire for him. You know, he doesn't mm-hmm. want any lukewarm Christians. Yeah, if the Lord is right. putting it on your heart to, you know, it, I, I totally hear what you're saying. Like, you know, like if, if the Lord's putting it on your heart to to talk to the person at Seven Eleven, then maybe he has a purpose in it. You know what I mean? I, I think, I think it's awesome if I, I know people like that and I know some people can get turned away but it's also like like the apostle Paul like everywhere he went he was talking about Jesus you know yeah. like that I think it's I think it's awesome to be on fire for the Lord um but I uh I it's, it's different in the sense okay we're, we're going back to feelings like mm-hmm. is it that you want to share that feeling it, this isn't like our relationship with the Lord is not about feelings. That's, that's, that's what we really need to understand. Our relationship with the Lord is about faith. I remember when I first became a Christian, you know, and that, that concept, like just completely I, I had never crossed my mind because in the new age, like everything was about feelings and experience. And that's what validated me that I was on the right path, right? How did it make me feel? How, what was my experience? Did I have an esoteric experience that validated that this is truth? Um, which of course, none of it was truth. It was all manipulation. Mm-hmm. But um, that really got me. Like when I first came back to the Lord, um, I, I was having like some, I don't remember what it was even about, but I remember I went and talked to my pastor and I said, you know, I'm just not feeling X, Y, Z, whatever it was. And he stopped me in my tracks. He said, this isn't about how you feel. This is about your faith. You know, your walk with the Lord is about faith. Whether you feel warm and fuzzy, whether you're in a summer season or a winter season, whether you're feeling like you're floating on top of the world and you're hearing from the Lord and isn't it awesome and you're on fire, or if you're in a winter season and you're not hearing anything, um, you know, and you're not feeling anything, you, you, that, that's, your feelings are irrelevant. You continue to seek the Lord. You continue to trust him. You make that choice of faith. Um, and, and that's really what our relationship with the Lord is based on. Now, with um, this yoga um, activism, it, it's, it's different in the sense that there's, there's that feeling, but there's also there's the, just the idea that, like, this is a path of truth. They, they, from their perspective, this is a path that's going to help our country. This is a path that's going to help these kids this is a path that's going to bring peace you know satan has people so so blinded to think that it will bring them true peace Mm -hmm. because they're feeling this false peace manipulated peace at the end of their yoga practice that they they want to bring that to other people and so like i i get the comparison but i would say it's uh different you could totally Does that say it's make com- sense? yeah you can you don't have to be so nice about it too. you can say it's completely <laughs> not the same thing at all but <laughs> that's totally okay i, I uh, i'm just joking but i completely understand yeah 
So I got a question for you, Jessica. What what can someone do like outside of just like abandoning it all together, which is probably a good idea. <laughs> um, what what are some alternatives? What do you have any suggestions for someone like who's listening to this and they're like they're convinced, you know, they've been listening to this conversation. They've had some conviction in their heart about it and they realize that maybe they need to make a change. What what do you suggest? How do they what's the next step for someone? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, that's how our relationship with the Lord goes, right? Like we're, we're constantly in the process of sanctification and the Lord is going to show us things on our walk with him, um, to become more like him. And when he points us in the direction of like, Hey, this isn't good for you. Then we've, we've got to just let our pride down and say, okay, Lord, like, thank you for showing me this, you know? Um, and, and make a change and, and repent from it. Just say, you know, Lord, I'm sorry. I was, I'm sorry. I was involved in this. I don't want to do it anymore. Like, please forgive me. And simple as that guys. Um, and, um, I would say like, if you're, if you're looking for what to do instead, I would ask, first of all, what was your purpose in doing yoga? Were you still on the exercise level? Like, were you just wanting to do, were you just doing it because it helps your back? And people say, well, you know, this is the only thing that helps my back listen guys, Satan doesn't care about your back. Again, he cares about your soul. You know, is it, is it worth it? There is nothing special about yoga helping your back. All it is, is just movement guys. So I would say instead there's, there's nothing about yoga. If yoga is seemingly helping your back or whatever it is, I would really encourage you to go look up some stretches, you know, get a, get a book on properly stretching at the library or mm-hmm. on Amazon. You know, I've been looking for um, something that I can point people to um, where they can get just like really good instruction um, on on stretching and toning without there being some sort of spiritual underlying. Uh, the deeper you get into the more classes you take or whatever. And I've had a really hard time finding anything. So I do have plans in the future, um, Lord willing, and if the Lord um, you know continues to guide in that direction to, to create something called True Tone Fitness, if you're interested at all in it. Um, feel free to get on my mailing list. If you go to my website, you can, um, all, everything's on hold right now because I have a baby and two littles and (laughs) I have negative time, but it is on the horizon. So if you want me to notify you when that does, when, if that does get up and running, um, feel free to just put your email in there and I'll let you know when I do have it. But in the meantime, you know, stretching, walking, um, and, or, you know, any sort of, uh, swimming is great. It really takes mm-hmm. the strain off mm-hmm. of your body. Um, but just properly stretching and toning. Um, now, a lot of you might be thinking, because we talked about the asanas being, um, you know, activating the spiritual realm, like, oh, shoot, does that mean we can't do, you know, what if the stretch, what if this is the same thing that they do in a yoga class? Okay, here's the thing. We're going to take it back to the Ouija board. Now, there's nothing wrong with the letters on the Ouija board, right? We use, they're in the Bible. The letters are the same letters that form words that the Lord uses for good. There is nothing wrong with the letters and Satan doesn't get to claim letters just like there's nothing wrong with stretching and Satan doesn't get to claim stretching. It is the context within which they are being used. Does that make sense? So like if they're, if they're being used within the context of a Ouija board, if the stretches are being used within the context of a yoga class, that is what activates the spiritual realm. So feel free to stretch to your heart's content outside the realm of a yoga class. 
stretch up your hands to the sky, you know, <laughs> do, uh, you know, put your hands on the floor and do something, you know, that looks, if it looks like a yoga pose, that's fine. You know, if it, 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 there's nothing wrong with it, so long as you're not doing it within the context of a yoga class. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Totally absolutely. makes sense. Yeah. I mean, our body's a temple. We know this. Right. And so it's it's really wise to take care of your body and physical activity and proper stretching and all of that. It will bring you good however many days you're going to be walking this planet it'll make it a little bit easier i think if you take care of yourself so we're all for that yeah Yeah, and and you know some people um you know there might be some people who are saying well i do yoga because it makes me feel um you know more makes me feel more peaceful maybe they've reached that level where you know they're they're deeper on the path and they're they started switching to oh i you know feel feelings of peace or stress relief or whatever it, it mm. whatever it is, I would say if, if, if that is your purpose for doing it, then try this. Try getting up even like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, a half an hour, however much earlier you can, and spend some time with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, just spend some time in his word, reading the Bible, praying. Just, you know, pour your heart out to him like you would a friend and just ask him, where would you have me read today, Lord? And um, or when you're on your walk, use that time to um, play worship music mm. and or have a Bible app. I like to just listen to scripture, um, uh, Bible.is, um, and I just play the Bible when I'm getting ready or, um, or, and things like that. And scripture just pouring into you um, and, and use it as prayer time. And I guarantee you, you know, that is what is going to bring you to true peace, not mm-hmm. this fake feeling of peace that will actually on a on an underneath underlying level is actually wreaking havoc on your spirit on your soul but a true peace that's going to bring you closer to the lord yes i was thinking of that verse out of isaiah that says he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on thee mm-hmm. I, love I love that, that. verse yeah. yeah i used to quote that to my kids when they wouldn't couldn't sleep well <laughs> Uh, I'm going to use that one tonight <laughs> on mine. Uh, man, Jessica, it's been awesome to have you on. And, and we've had technical difficulties and all these other crazy things uh, during this podcast episode. And I'm wondering who needs to hear these wonderful words that you've been sharing and these this experience that you've gone through. Um, I just really appreciate you taking so much time away. You are busy. I know that for a fact with three little ones like that and, and just all that you have going on. So it's a complete honor to have you mm-hmm. on with us on the podcast. And we're going to direct everyone through the liner notes to your website. And I would encourage our listeners to get her book, mm-hmm. read it, and, um, and engage through the website. And just she has tremendous resources on there she explains about yoga meditation she goes into all kinds of uh you know she as she said earlier she explains through the word of god where it contradicts and so that you can you can be a discerning individual about this part of uh of this of your life if you if you're practicing yoga and uh and so, Jessica, we can't thank you enough for spending time with us. It's just been amazing. And especially thank you for all the extra time since yes. week. <laughs> the listener oh, doesn't. Well, yeah. Thank you guys so much. I so appreciate what you guys are doing to just bring truth. It's, it's so encouraging to me that there are others who are just dedicated to what's the word of God say, not not pop culture, you know, not not 
what sounds good or what feels good, but what does the word of God say? What does the Lord have for us? It's so, so encouraging. So thank you guys so much for everything that you do to bring truth out there to your listeners and to all of us. Ah. Well, thank you, Retry. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, maybe we'll get you on again. We'll make sure we get all these little bugs worked out, and uh, we'll we'll have you back on again, and we can talk about something, uh, maybe some other stuff. How's that sound? Yeah, I would love that. That would be great. Thanks oh. so much, guys. Yeah. Well, thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. God bless. God bless you, too. Bye. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us or you can find us on Twitter at alloutwarcast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. (laughs) 